need an idea? You might rock the joint. But better yet, here's what's the point. I've got a very interesting guest today. Torlando Hakes is a friend and a colleague of mine. I want to talk about his life and his work with Periodic and what he's doing. He's a keen observer about what's happening right now. He's really in an interesting space because he's marketing in a world where we are now very concerned about cybersecurity. We've just had, as we record this, a massive breach of the T-Mobile records. T-Mobile is saying somewhere between 40 and 50 million, and yet the hacker who took the records is selling 100 million records. So do we also have an overlay of deception by T-Mobile that maybe more records were put at risk? What's interesting about Torlando's business is he focuses primarily on high ticket items. That is the companies that are selling high ticket items. And that would include luxury yachts, luxury cars, jets, leases, and so forth. And his platform is very interesting. It, it assumes responsibility and accountability for a range of services. And you're going to hear about those. So without taking any more time, Torlando's great at explaining what the opportunity is, and particularly for us in the south part of Florida. So, Torlando, thanks, and, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Robert. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. And, and uh, yeah, I'm very glad that we have this, you know, emerging friendship going. And, and uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Well, tell me a little bit about how you kind of came to, a little bit about Periodic and how that came to happen for you, because this company is interesting, what your work is, is interesting. And I can imagine that you didn't come about it in kind of a normal way, shall we say? No, no, I not really. I, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wasn't really, uh, you know, searching for a job per se. I, I was a, a business owner, I had been a business owner for a long time. But really, I started business in college and uh, ran a ran a contracting firm you know we did we did all right for ourselves and at some point as i was building my sales team and trying to take things to the next level i knew that i needed certain pieces of technology to facilitate our growth and you know with with contracting you know you talk about high ticket sales i mean that that contracting is high high ticket sales you know we're talking you know thousands thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars for projects and uh, you know the the need for the consumer to have somebody that they can trust walk them through the process of of a purchase is it's it's really important and so what we found was that having a polished look especially in your marketing tools in your sales presentation that that was that that was really instrumental in order to gain the trust you know of of our buyers you know at any at any point that a person is spending a lot of money they need to be able to spend more time with the company more time with the person and the better experience that they have with that individual the more uh, likely they are to buy and so i really wanted to have a smooth experience and so what i wanted to do was create a system whereby i could sell my services online where people could go online and get an idea a ballpark price or an actual price and be able to schedule uh, that sales call and that's how I got involved with Periodic because I was searching for a system and I just couldn't find any existing 
making softwares out there that would do it, it, quite what I wanted wanted it to do. And what I liked about Periodic was that I was able to work with the team directly. They they jumped into a very consultative role, and they were able to build out the workflow and the functionality according to how I wanted it to work, rather than me needing to conform to the you know to the existing tools and, and platforms out there. So you know at our core it's a it's a scheduling platform that includes things like uh, payments and uh, workforce uh, management so if you have uh, if you have a large sales team if you have multiple locations if you are trying to sell you know services online like consulting or you know, even even in insurance products where you usually have to do like a, a good amount of underwriting and, and, you know, understanding what exactly products that they want and coming back with a quote, Periodic was able to build these these forms, these complex forms and, and custom forms so that I could actually begin to offer my services online. So that's how I started. I started as a, a customer of Periodic and, um, Three years into our relationship, some things were going on in 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 my life, but the, at the home front, I was I was, you know, I had some relationship troubles with with my spouse, uh, former spouse, and uh, you know, when when that kind of thing happens, you you just you press pause on on life, and you have to figure out a lot of things. And so, I made it. I made the tough decision at that point. This was late uh, late 2019. I made the decision to close my business and and go in a different direction and and uh, you know the relationship that i had built with the the team at periodic was it was it was unique it wasn't like other vendor relationships i had had i had a lot of vendor relationships i had a lot of different ones but the uniqueness of the periodic relationship that i had was one that um you know i i could see myself being a part of the the team culture and so I just reached out to the CEO and I said, here's, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. I know that you guys at this point don't have a marketing and sales team in place. And I, and I would like to, I would like to offer my, my skill set in that. And, and so we, you know, we talked, we did some negotiations. We, we wrapped a lot of the work that I was building and investing in on, on behalf of my company. We wrapped a lot of that work into the, into what I do now, and some really cool things are happening, especially even you know even in South Florida, we've got customers down there. We've got uh, a customer in in uh, Brunswick who who offers boats. You know they, they they're the boat manufacturer, and you know right now what you can do down in I think it's I think it's in Jacksonville and a couple other marinas, you can go to boatclass.com and you can sign up for a time to get lessons on driving a boat. And we partner with them to white label our software so that they could offer this experience to where you, you know, you maybe you are a, you know, maybe you're a person who has always wanted to be out on the water. You've been, you know, you, 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 you cashed in, you know, that, that investment and you've got a little extra cash to, to spend on a, on a boat and, but you, you, you haven't learned how to drive one yet and you're not sure which one you want. And so the idea is that you you can go to these marinas and sign up for instruction, get on the water, get the practice, have a have a professional captain teach you how to drive a boat, you and a party, and uh, and and then you'll be prepared to for when you're ready to buy your own boat. 
this thing in a totally different direction. You're really providing the floor for people to know exactly what they're getting into. I've been around a lot of boats in my life, and there is nothing worse than an owner that doesn't know how to operate their boat. So you well, guys man, are cutting yeah. that off with this with this client anyway. You're cutting that off. So the owner and everybody that the owner takes on their boats and anybody who's near that boat doesn't have to worry anymore. And you've got a competent buyer now. That's really smart. Is that how the yeah. company operates with, with every area? Well, it's a, it's a new initiative that they, that they have launched with us. And, uh, and they're, it's, it's gaining in popularity. I mean, they are scheduling a lot of classes for their, for their boat instruction. And it's really smart if you think about it. Because like I said, the the higher the ticket, you know, the high, the more expensive the product is or the services, the more time a buyer needs to spend with the company building that trust, building that familiarity. And the more that you can step into a consultative approach, the better off that you are. But what I think is so unique about this is that not only are they stepping into a consultative approach, but they're being paid to be that consultant. They're being paid to teach people how to use their products, which is, which is so, that's foreign, right? Like you, you don't, you know, there's so many people who, salespeople out there who they, they give this education out for free and, and they do all these demos and, and seminars and, and all this stuff, they do it for free. But what our platform is able to do is it's able to turn that consultation into a, a value offer and a profit center in and of itself. And within within a month of, of within a month or two of launching the, the program, they were already profitable with it. It's interesting. You gave me some data before that the conversion rates are very high with this too. Do you want to share some of that? Yeah. So, you know, I, in in my in this screen right here, I have my personal booking link, which is torlando.periodic.site. And the other day we were looking at our Google analytics and seeing, and I was, I wanted to compare the conversion ratio of what happens when I send somebody my personal booking link compared to when I send somebody to our website and the average website just across the board. So this is, you know, this is any company's website, their conversion rate is going to be between two and 4%. If it's above 4%, like you have a really amazing website. But that's also kind of horrible, like a 4% conversion rate. You get all this traffic to the website. Imagine if you had a, a brick and mortar store and only 4% of the people turned into a sale. That would be that would be horrible. You would go out of business. But this is what websites do. We look at 4%. We think that's a, a great uh, conversion rate. But what all that is, it's not a sale. A lot of times that 4% is not a sale. It's filling out a contact form. And that contact form then goes into your CRM and then your salesperson has to follow up and uh, get that person on the phone and, and try to get them, you know, into, into the sale. Well, a booking site that you schedule the sales call with the booking site. And so to give you, to give you a, an indication, my personal booking link in the last 30 days, boasts a 36% conversion rate. A third of the people that land on my booking site, just orlando.periodic.site, they turn into a booking. It turns into a phone call for me. So they know when they sign up with you that they're executing a next step, which is mm -hmm. what sales is all about. Yeah. 
exactly exactly so booking site wow. conversions are are they they surpass website conversions at least at least mine 9x 9x yeah yeah and that turns into how what do you find is the sales ratio with that i would think that it would be smoother is it it's it's a smoother process definitely for the for the person experiencing it and and the the booking links are becoming more and more popular people are getting used to them it's a little bit like you know how zoom at the beginning of the pandemic you know i remember trying to because i you know from the beginning of joining periodic i was immediately thrust into international sales so talking to people in in dubai and brazil and indonesia and australia you know people all over the over the world and so the the way that we were selling then was already through uh, video but at the beginning of the pandemic half of the call was really spent teaching them how to use the video people didn't <laughs> know how to, it was like okay you know click over here the right can you okay you, turn on your mic you know all of this stuff and then and then we'd get into you know the conversations about periodic but then the pandemic hit and everybody was sent home, in-person meetings were shut down and people figured it out pretty quickly how to, how to do video. The booking aspect of it, I think is kind of trailing behind there. Um, people are noticing that it's, that it's very simple. I get into these conversations all the time when I'm setting up next steps and I'm saying, okay, we should, we should have another conversation what you know what does next week look for you look like for you and they think about it you know for a second and they're like ah don't you have a don't you have a link for me on that one like can't you <laughs> oh yeah why don't i think of that i'll i'll text you the link and and then you can sign up and so so people are are starting to expect it and when things become a convention a convention becomes the expectation and if you aren't following the convention then then you lose you're you're behind and what I like about your booking site is that it's part of your periodic portal, is that instantly, talk about that, about how you get people on. That's, I think, a, a very distinguishing characteristic. I mean, most of us are using multiple pieces of software to get people to do what we want them to do, but yours is all on one platform, right? Yeah, or at least it's as integrated into your your system as, as possible. So the, one of the distinguishing features that that we really pride ourselves on is the fact that we are a white label system which is you know the people who are who are very brand conscious understand what a light, white label system is basically a lot of our competitors out there they when it comes down to it you're jumping out of your company's experience and you're jumping into their experience you're going to uh, you're very obviously going to a calendly.com or acuity or something like that and it's always powered by some other company and the white label what that does is it strips away the periodic branding so that instead of you know if, if your name's you know if you're robert right instead of your booking link being robert.periodic.site you you can replace that with your you know let's say you're you're you have the, the, the website of robertbailey.com. You could say schedule.robertbailey.com. And, and the whole experience is just your individual booking link. It's not powered by periodic. It's not powered by anybody else. It's just your specific experience. 
and uh, with our other customers that you know especially the more enterprise level customers which we which we certainly go after we tend to strip out all, all of that stuff and we fully integrate it into their website often at the you know at the api level where basically they're building an application and they're using our 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 heart our, our uh, engine to to power the functionality of of uh, their their booking system did you guys see coming what i think is happening now i mean i get emails people want to meet they want to use this calendar system this calendar system then they want to get on this whether it's zoom or one of the alternate systems i think there are at least three others that you can get on to to i mean do you start i don't know if it's a bad habit that i'm acquiring i start to judge people on how they're inviting me and what medium they want me to join on whether they're conscious of it i've had a i had a meeting yesterday that i got a reminder for and i had no idea who the person was i had no mm -hmm. idea what the call was supposed to be about and i set the meeting but i've got a lot of stuff going on it seems like people are getting cluttered with the technology that's supposed to make things easier right and and that's because you know they're not thinking about that brand the, the brand is so critical the brand is so important so powerful it sends these messages to our to our brain that that instantly identify whether we want to do business with somebody you know when when a, when a brand puts out they they put out these little identifiers these little signifiers these little call outs that say you know this is this is my people i'll, I'll give you an example last summer i was in michigan visiting family and uh, i was on on lake michigan I, I like the fresh water. I know in South Florida you got the salt water. I, I like the fresh water. Okay, we have a lot of lakes. This was a <laughs> lots of lakes. So oh, that's true. Yeah, you got lots of lakes down there too. So I was I was up in Michigan on the beach, and I was walking down the shoreline, and and I was just kind of minding my own business. And uh, now I'm I'm originally from Michigan, but I moved down to Bloomington, Indiana, to go to school at at Indiana University and uh, and i've lived here ever since and so as i was walking it was like okay i'm in michigan these are michigan people i'm from michigan these would you know technically be my people right but i didn't want to talk to anybody i had no desire to to engage i wasn't you know it's just kind of in my head the lake for me is a place where i just i ball up all of my stresses and then i just throw it off to the Lake and it's it's my it's my fortress of solitude even if there are people on the beach so I was, so i was walking down and then all of a sudden i saw this family putting up a canopy and it had it was red and it had the iu logo on it and i could not stop myself from talking to this person i could not stop myself i had to go up and talk to them and it was because that the brand of iu meant something to me it 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 was part of my culture. It was part of who I am, you know, being my my alma mater, and I and I felt compelled to talk to this person. Well, brands do that to us when we when we carry a brand. If we wear something on our shirt, or we, you know, we have a certain type of phone, or we drive a certain type of car, you know, we yeah we have a we're part of a certain country club or or whatever it is. There is this feeling of of safety and solidarity and understanding 
that says, I want to talk to that person. That's that's brand. That That is what brand does. That's the power of brand. But when you don't have a brand that resonates with people, in fact, when you're not conscious of your brand and you don't do anything about it, it just kind of defaults to, you know, to, to kind of a, the lowest common denominator. It almost becomes commodified. And that's the problem with a lot of the technology platforms that don't allow you to do integrated branding is that now you are just an individual in a sea of many people who are using, uh, you know, a very stock, plain product. And so you can't differentiate. You can't, you can't tell the difference. It's like that. uh, It's like the movie Men in Black, you know, when uh, with Will Smith and and Tommy Lee Jones and, uh, you know, all of the men in black, they're just, they wear a standard suit, standard tie, standard, standard sunglasses. They all look the same. And when, when Will Smith comes out and he looks at Tommy Lee Jones and he says, you know what the difference is between me and you? I make this look good, right? <laughs> right? He had a different type of brand than the standard men in black person, even though he was wearing the same suit, even though he had standard issue glasses, his personal brand and his identity showed through that. And that's what happens when you use tools that allow you to, to, to express your brand, your company brand. Otherwise, you aren't going to look different. You are going to look the same as everybody else, and people are going to forget the purpose of why they're booking with you. All right, we're talking with a man with positive attitude. He's just expressed it really well. Torlando Hanks with Periodic. Torlando, you were talking about Michigan. Talk a little bit about your childhood and whether you thought you were going to end up doing what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I. Yeah, I grew up in in Southwest Michigan. Yeah, I'm I'm son of a, a single mom. She had me quite young. Gosh, my my dad was uh, my biological father's from the South Side of Chicago. Um, didn't have an education. Got you know got expelled in in the eighth grade and and uh, you know never went back and yeah and he just wasn't around and so my mom. My mom raised me, and uh, eventually uh, she she remar- she married, and uh, my stepdad came around. He's a very wonderful man, very very positive influence in, in my life. And I was very much interested in in the arts. I was, uh, I, I, you know, I, in my loneliest of times, I I I still had a pencil and and paper, and I would you know I would just draw into the night and and create stories and draw comics and and that sort of thing and and so my intention you know throughout most of my childhood and and teenhood was to grow up and become a comic book artist and so that's that's why i went to school for art i studied digital art i had a a bfa in digital art and and i learned how to i did learn how to draw comics and i don't do so bad in that category What what I found out about myself is as I got into these art projects, I found myself collaborating with other students on bigger projects, things that I couldn't accomplish on my own. I had one I had one uh, video that I that I produced. It was a, a video art piece. I produced it with with another individual, 
and we submitted it to a competition at the Guggenheim. And we made a short list of 125 videos that played. They played on a video kiosk at, at all of the Guggenheim museums in, in the world. So we were, wow. <laughs> we were doing a lot of, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and I pushed the boundaries as much as I could. That what I found out about myself during that process is that I loved the process of collaboration. I loved the, the ideation process. I loved the critique, being able to present in front of my peers and my, my professors and uh, defend my work and, and talk about it. I, I really loved all that stuff. The, the actual art, uh, and, you know, despite my talent for it, became a little bit of drudgery. You know, just it took a long time to produce the pieces that I, that I wanted and, and to, to create the, the level of craft and, uh, you know, the final, final results. And I realized that I liked, I liked the other parts of it. And when I, when I graduated uh, from college and started my first company, I realized a lot of those skills that I was learning, the, the collaborating, the taking, a, taking a, an unborn concept and, and creating it and bringing it to life, the, the presenting and the defending and the critiquing, those were all things that I, that I liked much more than the actual work itself. And it, and it just so happens that all of those things translated really well into business because with business, you have to take an unborn idea and, and make it into reality. You have to find, you know, I had a, I had a professor who, if this was in my early classes when I was studying a, a sculpture, you know, she said this, you know, there, this block of clay, um, there, there is a, a work of art in there you just have to figure out what the problem is. Once you understand what the problem is, you can create a piece that will address it, right? And so, so I was trained in my, in my, in my art studies to, to identify and search for the problem that I wanted to solve in the world. And, and I was trained to take, you know, the, the raw materials that I have and to, to create a solution to that problem with no playbook, with no rules. To create something out of nothing, which I think is is so powerful, and you know, I get into these conversations, Robert, where people, especially here in in Bloomington, where you know I'm surrounded by academics, and uh, and we have people who think that something like an art degree is not useful, that you're not going to be able to make money with an art degree or a philosophy degree, but but the way that this the way that the world is moving and the speed at which it's moving. You know, some of these technical degrees, you're going to have a hard time finding a job doing those. I mean, not today, but eventually, eventually the jobs, the, the skills that will be sought after will be the skills of a philosopher, the skills of an artist, because they are the ones that are going to be able to identify the problems that we didn't know that we had. And they're going to be able to take that problem and, and create something out of nothing and, and change the way that the world uh, operates. And so when I applied my, my studies into the, into the business world, you know, this is where I think we, we start coming up with such creative ideas that are, that are going to disrupt things. You know, the, the thing that I'm high on right now is in terms of what periodic is doing is, you know, for, for years, for decades now, 
people have been able to very easily sell a good online. You know, e-commerce, that was an early thing that came out of, of the internet. Amazon, you know, eBay, all of them. Everybody figured out how to do online sales for goods. But for services, services, a website is still just a brochure of what you do. It's just an online brochure. They haven't gone to the length of being able to really, really sell your services online. And, and there are a couple of people starting to do that. And we're one of them. And we're working with, with big companies to, to be able to sell, be able to actually sell services online. And uh, to me, that is going to change. You know, I mean, I, I was talking to one young guy and I was explaining this and he was just like, oh, so this is, this is just how people are going to buy shit from now on <laughs> but like he just saw that this is like this is things are going to change the way that consumers want to buy is changing and the person who cracks it is going to be crazy rich because service like the u.s economy it's a service economy it makes up 80 percent of the gdp Services are so huge, and people don't people don't realize this. Investors don't invest in services because they're hard to scale. They're really hard to scale. But but the technology and the technology that we're developing today will be the foundation of selling services online. And I'm like super stoked to be a part of it. Here, so many things in what you're saying. You, you talk. You haven't said this, but your words express that there's a pendulum swinging away from technology and analytical thinking to more philosophical thinking. And you're using that in a different way too. You're actually using that thinking to communicate with prospective customers in a way that engages them in a way that digital has never done. And you're doing it with a whole different palette, as you say, not you know, from an artist's point of view, not from a business person's point of view, but it doesn't cancel out the business discipline. How many people do you run into that you think have a hunger for that new approach? Well, I'll, I'll give you, so what at the core of it is this idea that we, we still want human experiences. We still want engagement and we still want community, but there are a lot of things that kind of stand in, in our way. And there are things that could be handled by a computer that unfortunately they're, they're just because of complexity, they're handled by a human, but that doesn't mean that it's a human experience. So I'll give, I'll give you an example in my last company, the contracting company. We were working on some homes, and uh, and I I ran some ads and and uh, got a, an estimate to do some work, and the they used our system to schedule online, and they they you know read, read our website, they had all that stuff, they they scheduled online, I showed up, and what she told me was that she was so happy that she didn't have to talk to a person to get the estimate. That those were her words. But as I engaged with her, the comfort and the and the desire and the and the the safety that she felt to spend, you know, she I, she probably spent about seven thousand dollars with us. 
in order to spend that amount of money with us, it really required a human experience in order to find that comfort. It was facilitated by the technology. The ease of the technology actually allowed us to have a more human experience, which I think is what, what she wanted. It's what I wanted. Okay, I didn't want to deal with the logistics of taking down her address and finding a time on her calendar and all, you know, I didn't want to have to deal with that. She didn't want to have to deal with that. The, the technology isn't here to take place of what people can do. It's to make it easier for people to do the thing, the things that only humans can do. I think you may have a secret weapon that you haven't talked to us about yet. You have children, do you not? I do. <laughs> Do you, do you run all this by your kids for their yeah. input? I have a feeling that's your secret weapon. Yeah, you got it. You got me. I <laughs> I just let them play and I see what they're doing and then I, I take it. No, they keep me on my toes. Yeah, I've got two daughters. They're they're six and four. They're uh they're beautiful, they're funny, they're emotional, and and I and they're and they're just so sincere and caring and uh, that that is the secret weapon you know when they were born i just remember my my career drive kicked into into over year i mean it just i really got my head on straight because i because i wanted to take care of them and i wanted to you know make them proud excellent excellent well i want to ask you to pull everything together now that you've talked about and it's a great conversation keeping with the purpose of what we're talking about, what you're doing, what your life is about. You can take any way you want what, how, how to answer this. If it's your last breath, if it's something that you see, Torlando, what's the point? Well, you know, I, when, when I was, uh, you know, going through the, the, the hardest, my hardest days uh, in the last uh, two years, for I mean, it was longer than that, obviously. It didn't just, you know, come out of nowhere. What I was trying to do in my own business is I was trying to create a business that really uh, worked for me. I wanted my business to be a blessing, but it was it was turning into a curse. It was keeping me up at night. It was taking taking me away from my family. and and i I made a decision then to, to design a lifestyle and a work style at which all of that would enable me to focus on those two girls and to and to be there for them and and to find joy in life. And so, you know, when I think about work and business and uh, entrepreneurship and innovation, I I I I strive not to create something just because I can create it. I, I really strive to to find the opportunities that are going to provide for a more a more beautiful human existence. The more that we can use technology not to consume our lives, which unfortunately is what it's done. You know, we've become addicted to our devices, and we constantly we have a stream of of news and you know just stimulus always coming i i want to create a world where the technology facilitates 
our humanity, where it facilitates a human connection. I want to create organizations that facilitate human connection and rather than taking away from that, rather than consuming that. That's what I think is the point. We're here to be in communities. We're here to support each other and love each other, find empathy for one another. And the better that our, our technology and our businesses and our world leaders can do that, the more connected we can be and honest with each other, the better, the better this world will be. Wow. Wow. That was beautiful. I love it. And I embrace it. It was great. Torlando Hakes, a periodic. What a great conversation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for Thank being you. here on the planet. <laughs> I appreciate it. The feeling's mutual. You've been listening to What's the Point? This podcast is hosted by Robert Bailey and produced by Skizitz McGee. The show is live from Palm Beach, where we highlight advanced strategies with living and extended benefits for CFOs, founders, and entrepreneurs. Visit upradio.live to learn more and to register for guest offerings. Whatever you do, make it great. But for now, the microphone is off. Hooray!